0: Welcome into another episode of the CG Business Advisor podcast brought to you by CG Tax Audit and Advisory. I'm your host, Scott Seidenberg. It's December. Hope everybody had a happy, healthy, and safe Thanksgiving. And now we prepare for the remainder of the holiday season. And as you prepare as an individual or a business for maybe your financial statements or just the end of 2020 in general, and have any questions, feel free to reach out to the team at CG Tax Audit and Advisory, going to cgteam.com. A couple of episodes ago, we talked about PPP loans and their impact on accounting policy and financial statements, which is very important as we approach the end of the year here. And that episode had to deal with for profit businesses. And we promised you a separate episode strictly dealing with nonprofit. And that's what we want to talk about here today. Rejoining me is Carol Egan, a director in CG Tax Audit and Advisory's Accounting and Auditing Service Group. She was a part of our episode talking about for-profit businesses and PPP loans, so she returns here to join us to talk about non-profit PPP loans. Carol has more than 20 years of experience with a broad base of clients, including non-profit organizations, public and private schools, government agencies, as well as clients in the manufacturing and distribution industry. Carol has also completed the AICPA Not-for-Profit Certificate Core Concepts Program. Also joining me today is Stephen Reed, shareholder in CG Tax Audit and Advisory's Core Services Group, which provides an array of services to a broad base of clientele. As the audit partner in charge of all nonprofit organizations, as well as public and private school audits, Stephen has performed many privatization studies, internal audit reviews, transportation studies, and various special engagements concerning the operations of school systems, grant analysis, and other special fund projects. Stephen has also completed the AICPA Not-For-Profit Certificate Core Concepts Program, as well as the Not-For-Profit Certificate II. Stephen Carroll, thanks for joining me on this episode. I'm well, glad to be, here. Good to be here. Stephen, I want to start with you, uh, and let's start with the loan forgiveness process for nonprofits when dealing with the PPP.
1: Sure. Well, during the original application process for the PPP loans, there was a lot of questions, and it turns out there's just as many or more questions with the loan forgiveness process. So just to walk through briefly, uh, not to get into the details, but uh, it's important to note that the PPP loan it's forgiven in total in part only after the SBA has repaid the bank what the loan amount is. Uh, so the process really starts where the borrower submits an application to their bank within 10 months of the completion of the covered period. So for example, if the cover period ended October 31st, 2020, uh, the borrower has until August 31st, 2021 to apply for forgiveness. And the, the form they fill out is an SBA provided form 3508 about five pages long, and uh, all the information that needed comes from the client, and uh, the bank then has 60 days to file that form back with the SBA, and then the SBA then in turn has 90 days to review the form, and if the the SBA approves the forgiveness request, they notify the bank, and then the bank in turn will send out a notification letter to the borrower. Clean, simple, one-page notice of a Paycheck Protection Program forgiveness payment. And it just spells out the loan amount and the interest amount that's forgiven. So uh, it's not that complicated of a process, but it's one where you need to follow the letter of the law and follow the rules and follow the form.
0: Carol, talk to me about the uh, accounting and disclosure requirements for nonprofits when handling the PPP.
2: Sure. So a lot of questions have come up about the PPP loans, how to... uh, record them, and what are the disclosures in the accounting treatment. So the disclosures will be you'll have to put something into your accounting policy footnotes on what is your policy, and we can talk about that uh, in a little bit, and also disclose how much you've received, uh, when you received it, if you've anticipated getting uh, loan forgiveness. So there's a, a lot of disclosures that are required. Um depending upon the treatment of the uh, PPP loan for your not-for-profit.
0: So, Stephen, how should nonprofits be handling this uh, when they handle their accounting? How do they treat the PPP loans here?
3: Well, a nonprofit financial statement accounting for the PPP funds can really follow two different paths, according to the American Institute of Certified Public Accountants. And really, that's going to rely on management's interpretation and how they want to determine which path is best for the not-for-profit. So for example, if a not-for-profit plans to apply for the forgiveness, the funds that are going to be accounted for is either debt or a conditional contribution, which basically are the same way. It's just a presentation preference. Uh, but if the not-for-profits that uh, do not want to request forgiveness and want to treat it as debt repayment, then definitely has to be shown as a loan on their statement. Now, it's important to note here that uh, there's no double dipping evolved. and we're not talking about taking a bite out of the carrot and then putting the carrot back <laughs> in the onion here, okay? Uh, so double dipping, that is that the PPP loan proceeds really can't be used to pay for any expenses for which the nonprofit is receiving federal or state grants, and that's what they call double dipping. And the easy way to monitor that is to just make sure you carefully keep a good set of books and records, and you bifurcate your expenses so that you isolate those expenses that are being funded through federal and state grants versus those that are not, which are eligible for the PPP loan forgiveness.
0: Is there a penalty for double dipping or they just won't accept it? Yeah, there can be severe penalty for
3: double dipping. Uh, so the state or federal grants. They might recall their grant money back saying you need to give us that money back because you've already paid for those out of the PPP loan. So you can't pay for it. You can't get two bites out of the apple, basically, is what they're saying
0: so let's start with the debt if you were handling it as debt what's that
2: process sure so if that you account for the loan as a financial liability uh, on your statement of financial position and you accrue any interest in accordance with the interest method uh, for the loan at the interest rate that is stated so that most of these are at one percent interest you do not accrue any additional interest uh, for market value loss.
0: So under this debt model then, and if you assume that the whole loan is forgiven, how is that income recognized?
2: Sure. So under the debt model, assuming that all, some or all of the loan is forgiven, then income would be recognized when your not-for-profit is legally released of this debt and basically that's when you are in receipt of the letter from the SBA or your bank most likely the SBA that the portion that you applied for forgiveness is actually forgiven
0: so what if you choose to not follow the debt model and you want to treat this as a grant how would that work
2: sure so basically if you use a grant model for this you actually have three different um Submodels, so to speak, to follow. So, if the first one would be recognize contribution income because this is a conditional contribution and the contribution isn't recognized until all conditions are substantially met or explicitly waived. Uh, so, if you recognize your contribution income under this first one, uh, Your qualifying expenses that you've incurred during your covered period, most likely 24 weeks, um, you would use a logical and supportable approach under the standards and follow that through the timeframe. So if you've incurred these expenses, then you would record as a conditional contribution into your statement of activities. Well, under this, you recognize your income as your expenses have been incurred during the covered period. So now on the second one is you would recognize your contribution income once the final forgiveness amount is actually calculated by the not-for-profit. But just remember, there's no double dipping. So if you've used your qualifying expenses, payroll, um, health insurance, et cetera, and they're covered by a grant, you cannot use those same expenses for your PPP loan forgiveness. So, under the second one, it's a little bit more conservative. The first one's, I can't say it's really aggressive, but it's less conservative than this next or second one where you recognize your contribution income once the final forgiveness is actually received from the SBA. Then the third one is, is you would just really recognize your contribution income once the forgiveness is actually received by the SBA. That would be the most conservative. And they're just sitting as a grant advance on your statement of uh, financial position uh, until that final determination is actually received. So just also remember under these three grant methods. You can use any of them. You need to have justification for the approach that you've selected. You need to document that. Uh, Your auditors are going to request that uh, to see. Um, And just remember you don't pick one that fits how your financial statement is looking. It's really what is best and what your organization has determined, because once you make that election for your accounting policy, it really holds for future such type of, of uh, grant money. If there's an additional uh, PPP loan or funding or or some such in the future.
0: Yeah. So you can't just choose to defer the money to next year. Right. You can't just elect to do that.
2: No, you really have to have a good rationale and have justification for which approach you're actually using.
0: Stephen, what about
3: classifying
0: your cash flow?
3: That's a very good question. The the cash flow statement is probably one of the most misunderstood statements. I look at the cash flow statement as really a bridge between statement of financial position for the nonprofit and the statement of activities and changes in net assets. And the cash flow kind of bridges the gap between those two statements. So the classification within the statement of cash flow requires some judgmental parts and determination and consideration on how the funds are going to be used so if the ppp loan is going to be treated as a forgivable loan then the cash flow presentation should be considered as a loan advance or loan proceeds which will fall under the financing activity section of the cash flow statement but if the entity is going to use it for operations, then the proceeds are gonna be recorded within the operating activity section of the cash flow statement. So either way is a a fine approach. The entity needs to determine how they're gonna handle that. So it's either gonna be a financing activity or operating activity.
0: Are there any stipulations as far as designating it as an operating activity is concerned or you just have to show that you're using it for, for anything?
3: Yeah, it needs to be shown that you're going to be using it to fund the operations of the activity. Um, and so if there is a portion of the loan that is not forgiven and not going to be repaid, then the proceeds and payments would be reflected as financing activity. Definitely.
0: Carol, what about taxes as far as the taxes on all this is uh, concerned? You know, there's going to be some challenges, I would assume, as a result of of taking a PPP loan.
2: Yes, uh, for not for profits. Um, they usually do not pay income taxes in the way a for-profit entity does. Uh, however, uh, the IRS has ruled that there is no tax on this discharge debt, if that's what you'd like to call it, if, uh, whether you go loan or grants. So there's not going to be any non-exempt income tax on this not-for-profit for this forgiveness. So the not-for-profits are really not going to have to address taxes on this uh, forgiveness of the PPP loan.
0: Okay, so you don't have to declare the forgiven part of your loan as income.
2: Well, it'll be income, but they don't file income tax returns. Mm-hmm. They file information returns. So um, the only time taxes really come into play for a not-for-profit if they have a non-exempt purpose income. And each not-for-profit has to look at that specifically to their organization.
0: Now, I understand that both of you will be going further into the impact of PPP loans on nonprofits during a free virtual meeting uh, next week, right? That's correct. It's uh, Tuesday,
3: December 8th at uh, 1 o'clock in the afternoon. And uh, this will expand in much more detail than, the, than what we talked about right now.
2: Uh, it's a free virtual meeting, so we hope everyone can attend. And you can visit cgteam.com slash cg-webinars to register. Uh, We'll have more details on what we've just spoken about, as well as some examples um, of footnote disclosures, uh, accounting policy uh, disclosures, as well as examples to what your statement of financial position or statement of activities might look like with this PPP loan forgiveness.
0: And is there anywhere else where people can go for more information, whether it's uh, the SBA or simply to cgteam.com?
3: cgteam.com, and we have links that will take you to the appropriate other websites for resources and information that would be very useful to you.
0: Carol, Stephen, I can't thank both of you enough for all the information that you've given us here on this episode. Uh, Thank you so, so much, and we look forward to that virtual meeting next week.
2: It's been a pleasure. Thank you.
0: Thank you very much. Once again for more information on that free virtual meeting visit cgteam.com/cg-webinars to register. Again, that's cgteam.com slash cg webinars to register. And you can always hit the cgteam.com where all your questions can be answered by their advisory team. CG offers an array of advisory and consulting services designed to help you and your business reach and exceed your financial goals. The CG team has more than 40 years experience in a variety of industries to provide the specialized support you deserve from marketing to strategic planning to business operations. CG is focused on your top and bottom line. Best of all, CG advisors are focused on the road ahead and will be with you every step of the way. Visit cgteam.com advisory to learn more about their value added business advisory and consulting services. Once again, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Thank you for tuning in to the CG Business Advisor podcast. And a reminder, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcasts from or simply check us out at cgteam.com.